Amen. I just wanted to play that again for those that maybe missed the memo last week. That's my pastor, Pastor Steve McCart, and we're in the middle of launching a new Family Worship Center location in Sumter that we're super excited about. I want you to turn in the book, uh, turn to the book of Galatians for me. Book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. I want to pray before we go to the Word. Dear Heavenly Father, God, once more, I thank you for your spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. God, I thank you, Lord, that you continue to show us and reveal to us your mighty truths, principles, things that will change our life. Make them plain to us. Change us from the inside out. Lord, that we leave this place different than the way we came in. And we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 3. We've been talking about, uh, before we, I started this before Soulmate Sunday. So last week was all about relationships. But today, I want to pick up where I was uh, two weeks ago. And I titled it, This Belongs to Me. I want you just to say that with me. Say, this belongs to me. You know, I think it's important, and I I do say things like this often, but I don't feel like you can recognize enough that we have to understand as believers what belongs to us. If you were to turn to the New Testament in your Bible, now you can stay in Galatians, but I'm just, if you had a physical Bible, I don't know if a digital Bible would say this, but in uh, um. Uh, printed Bible, you would turn to the Testament, the New Testament there right uh, before John chapter 1 verse 1, or excuse me, right before Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, and you would, you would see a, a page, a blank, not blank page, but a mostly blank page, and right in the middle of it, it would say, this is the New Testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you think about that word testament, you know, obviously we use it as a biblical uh, phrase and we're referring to the Old Testament, the New Testament. My my daughter Kaylee, um, we've been doing a new thing. My wife found a new book uh, that that we're reading to them every night. We love to read to them, love to read Bible stories to them. I encourage you as parents to make that a part of your routines, um, and you can never start too young. And so lately, I've been the one doing the reading. And so Kaylee's so funny; she'll come up, you know, at nighttime, and they like to. Um, belabor the, you know, is, is drag it out as long as they can. Anything to not go to sleep, you know, anything to drag it out. So she says, Daddy, will you read us some of the New Testaments? And she makes it plural. Will you read us some of the New Testaments? I want to read some New Testaments. And so uh, I haven't been like correcting her too hard, just saying, you know, you want me to read some verses from the New Testament? You know, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want some stories. I want, you want a story from the New Testament? Why do we use that word testament? You know, if you think about, if you were to have someone in your family pass away, what they, they would do, they would have a, 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 a lawyer or someone designated, and they would read what? Their last will and testament. This is literally, literally the will of Jesus Christ. If you've ever wanted to know, what, does Je- what did Jesus leave me? I mean, because, you know, although he rose from the dead, he also passed away. And part of that, when Jesus passed away, he put in covenant. He created a new covenant for you and I and created a scenario where you and I walk in the new covenant or what the Bible outlines in the New Testament for us. It is literally, these scriptures are a will, a testament written to you and I as believers of what is rightfully ours. 
If you were to go to, to a reading and let's say they called out your name and they said at the last will of testament for or so-and-so, so-and-so died and they're no longer here and they called out your name and they said, hey, you received such and such from that person. You would be the rightful legal owner of, let's say it was their house or their property, their land. And they gave that to you in their will and testament. You would be the rightful legal owner of that land. I heard, um, I heard this story. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, there were some, some guys and they were in a land uh, that was, you know, where it was le- illegal to be a Christian. And so they were going to a secret meeting. And they were going to the secret meeting where, you know, because you, you get in trouble if you're having, you know, if you're a Christian. And uh, you, you get killed or, or put in jail for life or something like that. And so obviously it was a secret meeting, so they couldn't tell anybody what they were doing. And so they were traveling through the streets late at night or whatever, or early in the morning, I guess. It was dark. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, an officer stops them. This is in a foreign country. He stops them. He starts questioning them. Well, what are you doing? And why are you here? And they're, they're, they're Christians, so they're trying not to lie. And the guy says, I don't understand where you're going. You need to tell me where you're going or I'm going to hold you for, you know, for, for withholding information or something like that. And they, they got, the guy got a word of wisdom. He said, well, our elder brother passed away and they're reading his last will and testament. And we're going to go hear the reading of the will and testament. I thought that was pretty good. And so they got out of it and were able to go. And, you know, I mean, because that's what this is. This is a will and testament. The Bible was not just just some random uh, orchestration of of documents. No, it was written to you. I want you to say that, say this was written to me. And so in Galatians chapter 3, we we get several things that we understand from Paul that that you you, you have to get this. When I say that, what I mean is you're going to be missing something in your walk if you don't have this understanding. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us. Everybody say redeemed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. This is literally saying and letting us know that Jesus became cursed for us so that we do not have to be cursed. For it is written, cursed is anyone who hangs or everyone who hangs on a tree. This is referencing uh, a prophecy and talking about how Jesus was going to be crucified on a cross, which we know he was. In verse 14, why did this happen? Verse 14 tells us that the blessing, everybody say blessing, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's you and I, that's us, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So who was Abraham? Abraham is not just some old guy from the Old Testament. Abraham literally created the lineage that would, 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 I mean, God, he had no children. God came to him and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But, but that was after God had told him, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. And we read that two weeks ago. We talked about that. That's really what I'm diving in today. When I say this belongs to me, I'm talking about the blessings of Abraham. And if you don't understand what the blessings of Abraham are, you're missing out because you have been promised, you have an inheritance, which is what we talked about two weeks ago. 
You have an inheritance that's yours that you can either choose to go and receive or not. If you were to go and read uh, or hear the reading of the last will and testament, and they gave you that property I was referring to. They said, this is your property. It's on paper. It's legally yours. You still have to go, go through and sign all the paperwork, sign over all the deed, sign over all the stuff, acquire whatever is yours. Then you have to go get the keys. You have to sign. Everything has to be turned over to your name. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? There are things you still have to do and understand. You can't just leave that meeting. It's yours legally, but you have to do things to walk into it or to step into it. What if you didn't know where the land was? You have to go and, I mean, you're like, man, I didn't even know Uncle Bob. I didn't know I had Uncle Bob. He passed away. He knew me and he gave me a house. Well, praise God. Well, where is this house? It's in New York, New York. Well, you, you know, I've never been there. I got to go find it. I gotta, do you understand what I'm saying? This is what's happened to many believers is there are things that God's promised to us. And when I say, God, give us revelation knowledge, that's what I want is that aha moment. That, that aha moment where all of a sudden I realize, oh, I don't have to suffer like this because God promised me or God gave me a way or God provided a solution. And these promises, that's what he's saying here. He said, there is a promise for you that the blessings of Abraham might come upon you. I sent my son to live and die for you so that what I gave Abraham what I gave him, what his sons, you know, whenever the Bible refers to that, they don't just talk about Abraham. They say Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It, it passed down from generation to generation, and it did not stop with them. It was passed down, and Jesus said, listen. I mean, God said, listen, I'm going to send my son Jesus. When he dies, he will become a curse so that you're not cursed, and that the blessings I promised to Abraham will become yours. So how do we access that? I mean, how do we walk into that? I mean, how do we live in that? That's what I want to talk about. And what are they? What are they? What are they? What is, well, actually, let's read the end of that chapter, because this is where it gets really good. Verse 29, Galatians 3, 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. In other words, you are Abraham's child. Yes, we're a child of God. We understand that. But you're also the seed of Abraham. Everybody say seed. You're the seed of Abraham and heirs according to what? The promise. You're an heir. What's an heir? An heir, an heir to the throne. An heir is someone who's inheriting something that the previous generation had. It's automatic. Do you understand what automatic means? I don't drive a stick shift. Anyone, I'm just curious. Anyone drive a stick shift in here? Do you really? Your Jeep is but you, is it like both or whatever? That's cool. You don't have to explain it all. The point is you have a stick shift. I, 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 I love that. I used to race dirt bikes. And when you race dirt bikes, you know, the dirt bikes is a manual shift. You know, they do have automatic ones, but it's manual shift. So I learned how to do that on a dirt bike and then translated that into a car. So I've always loved driving manual, but I have an automatic. You know, it's nice when you leave a, a, a stoplight or whatever just to automatically have to go. The car automatically knows what gear to be in. The car automatically knows when I'm slowing down what gear to downshift to. It, it doesn't jar me and shake all around and all that kind of stuff. No, it just automatically knows what to do. And when you're an heir, according to a promise of God, it's automatically yours. It's automatic. 
It's automatic. Now, how do you access it though? Where, where do you get it? Well, first of all, you got to understand, and I'm going to hold up my iPad because I don't have my physical Bible with me today. So I have the word of God on my iPad. So I'm going to use this as a representation. You start with the will. You start with what does it say? Let's look at Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. Number one, what did Abraham have to do to receive the blessings that God promised him? He had to get out. You might not know, but Abraham came, or Abram at the time was his name. He wasn't even Abraham yet. Abram came from an idol-worshiping family. An idol, I mean, a, a, a non-God-worshiping segment. And God said, number one, get out of your country, away from your family, and away from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. God will lead you from where you are currently or to where you used to be. He will lead you from those places to places that he will show you. This is what, when you come to a, a church like this, God, I believe God leads you and connects you to a church like this. He'll lead you to these places and he'll show you. And it'll, it, when you follow God's path for your life, there's always blessing attached to it. There's always blessing attached to it. Well, I don't understand. I started doing something like that and I started serving God and blah, blah, blah. And all these things happened. And this happened and that fell apart. And then my car, you know, I got in three wrecks. And okay, let me, let me help you out. God sees way further ahead than you do. So don't blame. No, if you follow God, if you feel like God led you somewhere, then trust that. And then re rephrase your question. Say, God, okay, you led me to this point. Then these things happen. That means that you already knew about these things. Then there's got to be a solution with where you led me to. In other words, if I go and, and I follow God's plan and then I, I, you know, say you lost your job or something. Well, well just, just last week, y'all weren't here on Wednesday, so I'll tell his testimony. Uh, Gage, where are you, sir? Are you in here? You're running the camera. He's running the camera, so he's busy right now. Gage, he, he told the testimony, so I'm not putting his business out there. He gave us permission to share it. Lost his job on a Wednesday. R randomly, didn't expect it, just out of nowhere, lost his job. They, they, it, they said, it wasn't your fault. We, we, we didn't train you well enough. We didn't give you enough, ex uh, you didn't have experience coming in. We didn't realize some of those things. We didn't train you. And now we're at a point where there's not much we can do. We have to let you go. We're sorry. Gave him a ride home. That was it. That's, that's kind of... Kind of messed up. Well, they made a decision. I was so proud of them. It was a Wednesday. They came to church. Now, I didn't know any of this. I had a message that God had put on my heart. And I mean, Gage came right up to me afterwards and said, you have no idea how much that ministered to me. They latched on to the promises they already had from God, including what they received that night. We prayed together. We stood on the word of God. We stood and just trusted God. And then the next, or that afternoon, actually, and they told me about it. They said, listen, this guy came in um, to, to Sarah, his wife, came in and sat down. She's a hairdresser, sat down at the hairdresser station and, and, and began talking about his job. Well, it turns out that's something Gage was interested in. She gets the information the next day. Now, Thursday, he goes and applies, jumps through all kind of hoops with the application. And one week later, has a job at the place. He hadn't even finished getting a ride home when the guy sat down in her chair. And he got the job on a Wednesday, was able to come the next Wednesday night and give the testimony. 
she, she, I mean, right, I mean, he had not even, or maybe he had barely finished getting a ride home and the guy showed up and sat down in your chair. God has a solution. Don't get caught up in the calamity. Don't focus on the issues when there's a blessing that's been promised to you. When there's an inheritance that's been given to you. So what does he say here? Number one, get out of your country. Get away from your family. Get from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse two, this is the blessing. This is where he begins to outline this. I will make you a great nation. There's some several scriptures that we stand on as believers that say things like this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. Some of us try to make ourselves a great nation. When God said, I'll, I'll make you. If, if, if you'll get out from your land, if you'll, if you'll go where I'm showing you to go and you'll do what I'm telling you to do, I'll make you a great nation. And I'll make, or excuse me, and I'll bless you. I will make your name great. And then you shall be a blessing. God will bless you and make you a blessing. Abraham, as Abraham's seed, listen to this. If you were to read Deuteronomy 28, now two weeks ago I read it all. I don't have time today because I'm going to get some other stuff. But if you read through Deuteronomy 28, you'll see, um, uh, again, Abraham uh, followed God's word. His, his, his family multiplied. The Israelites, all those things came into place. And in Deuteronomy, um, God outlined the law. All right? Now, when he outlined the law in Deuteronomy 28, go and read it. The whole first half of the chapter, God outlines the blessing. He says, when you obey my commandments, I will bless you. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out. I don't just quote that in my prayers when I pray at the end of the service. I'm quoting scripture. Because that's what God promised to the Israelites, to God's people, to Abraham's, to Abraham's seed. And as I just read to you in Galatians, that's what's promised to you. Say it with me again. Say, this belongs to me. Now listen, stay with me. Here's where I'm going with this. Uh, as Abraham's seed, you, uh, you, the works of your hands are blessed. Fruitfulness and productivity have become your birthright. Let me say that again. Fruitfulness and productivity have become your birthright. This is your heritage. Anything is possible for the seed of Abraham. So number one, you must recognize that you are Abraham's seed. Not I will be, not maybe, not some people are. It, what did Galatians 3.29 say? If you are Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. If you're the seed of Abraham, what belonged to him belongs to you. What belonged to him, what was promised to him, what was promised to his lineage is promised to you. This is important. When the Bible says that you shall be blessed going in and blessed going out, you need to, I mean, you need to recognize that's yours. When he says that, because it says um, your baskets will be blessed. Well, what is that? The things that you make, the things that you do, the things that you create. That was a, a source of income for them and a source of provision and a way for them to carry things, a way for them to, to, to hold things. They would make these baskets and it would hold the, God would bless them and their baskets would hold what God blessed them with. God said, I'll bless not only give you things, but then I will, I will make the things that you do blessed. Everything you, listen, you should walk around. You should go through life 
expecting the blessings of Abraham to flow in your life. There should be an expectation. When you go and someone reads a will and testament in this, in this day and age, and you have someone give you a piece of property or give you a car or give you whatever, you, there's no question about it. Like, it's yours. You just have to go, okay, where is it? How do I get it? Where are the keys, right? Then why should it be any different for us as believers? Why should, let me give you another blessing of Abraham that happened to him and his family, victory. They were victorious people. They were a victorious people. Let me give you another one. Healing. Healing. Healing, being healed, walking in health and prosperity. Read it, read it and study all of the blessings of Abraham. Sickness is from the devil. When you were, if, if, if someone were to, you leave that meeting, someone's read the will and testament, they say, okay, so-and-so, you have received a house. This is your property. Bob died. He gave it to you. This is yours. And you leave there and someone's standing outside and they begin to tell you, no, that's not yours. No, that's not yours. No, I'll, actually, I own that house. And uh, such and such happened. And that, that, what they read in there is not actually true. I own that house. And uh, so you can't have the keys and what they told you is not true. What would you tell that person? I have a few words in my mind that I would, th- I would tell that person. Including, this one's safe to say in a church service. Liar. L- liar. You're, you're lying. B- because I saw the paperwork in there. I saw the last will and testament. That property is mine. I saw my name on the document. I saw the promise. I signed the paperwork. They told me where to go to get it. They told me how to access it. That property is mine. And you're a liar. Let me tell you what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that Satan is the king of liars. Whenever you hear any, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, know, I'm not making, you know, an evil person out of a friend of yours or whoever, but they may have been deceived and say, okay, well, no, you can't just get healed. Yes, I can. Because as a matter of fact, you are healed. What? Yeah, well, that's what the Bible says. Isaiah says that by Jesus stripes, you were healed. So, so I, I, I walk in healing. Like, I, 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 I'm not saying that I, do I, have I gotten sick before? Yes. Just, just recently, the end of last year, sickness swept through our household. Swept through our, I mean, yeah, okay, well, wait a second. Now, you said you were healed, but then you just said you got sick. That's contradicting. No, that's the world we live in where Satan has, has unleashed sickness and disease in this world. And when it hit our house, let me tell you what I did. I rose up against it. I said, no, 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 no. I'm the seed of Abraham. And my household is the seed of Abraham. And healing belongs to me. Healing belongs to us. And I don't know what this mess is that's got in our house, but it's got to go in Jesus' name. And I resisted it, rebuked it, cursed it. I began to speak of my body. No, you're healed in Jesus' name. No, that cough's got to go in Jesus' name. No, I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the, I don't care. That is not the Bible. That is not my will and testament. If the Bible tells me that I'm healed, then I'm healed. Healing belongs to us. Anything, anything that was promised to Abraham, you can call it yours because of your inheritance. 
anything. Look at this in Psalms 103, 1 through 5. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not all his benefits. Forget not his benefits. You can't forget what he's, there are benefits to serving God. Do you realize that? There are benefits, like when you serve God, it's not some just, you know, flippant thing. There are benefits to serving God. Listen, let me tell y'all something. There's benefits to being a Clark. If you live in my house, there's benefits. There's benefits. We're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to do things. We're going to have a good time. You, listen, if you're a child of mine, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. You know what we did the other night? We went and had dinner. And then we went and got ice cream. Do you know why we got ice cream? Because my kids wanted ice cream. Like, that's it. That was the sole reason for us going and getting ice cream was because my kids wanted ice cream. And I'm not going to tell them, no, no, we don't have enough. I, I will move things around. I didn't have to. We're blessed. But I would move things around in my budget to go give my kids some ice cream. I mean, we'll go buy, I mean, whatever, whatever we got to do. Listen, because I want my kids to enjoy. God said that he, gave, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. I, I'm not going to live a downtrodden, downbeaten life. I, I'm going to serve God. He said in Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know what I tell my kids? All the ice cream you want will be added to you. All the, all, you know what, you want to, you want this is such, such toy? Well, let's believe God for it. We serve God, we serve his house, and it'll be added to you. But let me go even further than that, because I don't want y'all to just think, oh, this is all about material stuff. He's just materialistic. No, I, I said this during the offering, and let me repeat it. I would rather have peace than stuff. I'd rather have a sound mind. I'd rather have health and long life. God promised us long life. Long life. With long life shall I. With long life. You must call yourself redeemed. Number two. You must call yourself redeemed. What did Abraham do? What did Abraham do to receive the blessings? What did he do? What did his life look like? And what did he put in his family that caused them to receive what God had promised them? There was a name change. This is really important. If you don't get this, then, then, and then everything else that I go on, and I don't know how long I'll, I'll, I'll be focused on this um, teaching, but you've got to understand this. Th- there was a name change. And so I wrote this down. You've got to call yourself redeemed. Psalms 107, 1 and 2. It says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Everybody say that. Say, he is good. For his mercy endures forever. And then in verse 2, this is Psalms 107, 2. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord... Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he, not you, not your friends, not your job, not some other situation, whom God has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The enemy may try to take his hand and wrap it around your family and wrap it around your job and try to strangle and hold on to whatever God's blessed you with. But the Bible tells us that God has redeemed us. And that if I'm redeemed, I need to say so. I need to say so. I need to say I'm redeemed. Like there was a name change. 
He, he said, no, look, in Genesis, here, I'm skipping ahead, but this is really good. Genesis 17, in Genesis 17, God told him, said, no, you are no longer Abram, which meant father, but you are now Abraham, which means father of many nations. He changed his name. He, he changed his name so that every time he said his name, he was declaring what God had already promised him. This is why I'm saying you've got to call yourself. Well, well, when you got sick, that's kind of weird that you were just walking around and saying that you were healthy. I don't really care if you think it's weird. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't. Because the Bible says, first of all, the Bible is my underscoring foundation for my life. Everything I believe roots from this. Everything I stand on and I teach my family is founded on the word of God. And if it says I'm healed, then I'm healed. Then I'm walking in healing. If it says I'm prosperous, then I'm prosperous. And, and I, I declare that over my life. I declare that over my kids' lives. We call ourselves. I want you, if you're online, I want you just to put that in the comments today. Put, I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. God's given me more than enough. Because these are things that you need to, do you know what? You can even just have one all-encompassing statement. I am the seed of Abraham. Let, let me tell you why. In Luke chapter 13, I think it's 13. Luke 13. And we're going to end on this. Luke 13. In Luke chapter 13, we see a woman that Jesus touched. I want to just read this to you. We're going to read through this quickly, and then I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years. That's a long time. She was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Verse 12. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Now notice he declared over her her promise before he did anything. Do you see this? He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on one of those and not on the Sabbath. Verse 15, the Lord answered the rule of the synagogue and said, you hypocrite. You liar. You who don't know what was promised to this woman, shut your mouth. It's like, well, Jesus was just always nice and he was never mean to anybody and he just never. There's an explanation point after this. Like Jesus, I mean, you know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. I think he was a little upset. I just, I just think he was a little upset. I'm not saying, you know, obviously we know Jesus never sinned, so I know he didn't sin. But I think that he, he had a little bit of an attitude when he turned around and put this guy in his place. He says, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose your ox, your donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? Verse 16, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, being the seed of Abraham, ought not this woman, 
Whom who bound? Satan. Whom Satan has bound? Think of it. For 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Now, in his correction to the rule of the synagogue, he gives us a, listen, you got to get this. He called her the seed of Abraham. This woman, for 18 years, we don't even know her name. She had been called bent, crooked, no good, crippled, sick, sick. Here comes the sick woman. Here comes the crippled woman. Here comes the bent over lady. Here comes the woman that can't stand up straight. That's how Luke describes the woman. Luke himself describes her that way. He didn't come. He didn't say, hey, here comes um, Jennifer. No, he said, here comes the woman who had been bent over for 18 years. She had been named. She had been named and identified and corroborated with the sickness that she had, with the infirmity that was on her body. I don't care what anyone has ever called you. If it contradicts what God's called you, you have the right to call them a liar. Maybe not be mean to them and do it to their face. I don't know. You make that decision on your own. But at least within you, say, no, that's not true. Don't call me poor again. Don't call me. Don't don't call me a nobody again. Don't call me no good again. Don't call me. I know I may have been a liar and I may have been a cheater and I may have, but I'm not going to be that anymore. God said that if I, the seed of Abraham is mine, if I leave my country and I leave my, I leave my past behind and I step into what he's promised me, I used to be a liar. I used to be a cheater. I used to be a thief, but I'm not that anymore. I'm the seed of Abraham. And he changed their name. He changed what he called her. He said, no, ought not this woman be healed? Because she, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Ruler of the synagogue, but she's the seed of Abraham. And she has something that belongs to her that Satan. I don't know. (laughs) See, Satan has held you up, held stuff up, and has been held up and withheld and withheld from you because you didn't understand who you were. Because you didn't realize, I don't know, you don't understand, I'm the seed of Abraham. And see, now light bulbs, light bulbs, light bulbs. You're like, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. You can't. Ha- no, 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 no. I, every, see, people have told you, well, every time you get a job, you lose it. That's a label. That's an incorrect, lying label. Because Abraham, in his lineage, what did it say in Deuteronomy 28? Everything you touch, the work of your hands will be blessed. Even when they were slaves in Egypt, they were good. They were good at what they did. The promises of Abraham, the promises of God are yes and amen. Don't let anybody tell you. Don't let anybody's labels. If that label doesn't line up with seed of Abraham, throw it out. And begin calling yourself. No, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm going to leave my house blessed. I'm going to come back home blessed. God said he'll bless me and make me a blessing. He'll make me a blessing so that I can be a blessing to others. Well, you don't understand. You have enough money to pay my own bills. How can I bless somebody else? Stop confessing that. 
Stop thinking that way. Enlarge. See yourself blessing other people. Abraham, God had to change his mindset. He had to change his whole name. He had to change his whole thinking. The Bible calls him in Hebrews 11, the father of faith. The Bible outlines, and we've kind of deemed that name actually the father of faith, but Hebrews 11 talks about how everything he did was by faith. What does that mean? He saw it before it ever came to pass. Was he perfect? No, he made mistakes, but God molded him and worked with him and kept him focused on you, sir, are the father of many nations. And, and, And you have to see yourself as what God's called you to be. Like, like how, I mean, how can we do what God's called us to do if we're not blessed enough to bless other people? How can you do what God's called you to do if you're so sick you can't get out of the house? And God doesn't, listen, God doesn't make you sick so you can go to the hospital and witness to somebody else. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. Just go to the hospital and witness to them. You don't have to get sick to go and do it. No, Satan bound this woman. Satan bound her. Satan tied her up. Satan crippled her for 18 years. And then the provider, the one with the health, one with solutions, the one with provision, the one with prosperity, the one with healing, the one with blessing, said, no, no, no. Now this woman right here is the seed of Abraham. You can come on up. This woman right here, let me, let me tell you about her. She's my daughter. Let me, tell her, let me tell you about her, you hypocrite. Let me tell you. You know what? Again, you can make a decision whether you want to say it to their face or not. I'm really not suggesting you go around and be mean to somebody. But when someone, I think you should just be quiet, get out from away from them, and go back in the other room and say, let me tell you something. Go look at yourself in the mirror and, and talk to yourself a little bit and say, let me tell you something. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm blessed. I'm not who I used to be. I am not what I used to be. God's called me, given me a a mission and a vision, and I'm going to step into that. I am who he says I am. I am not who they say I am. Grab the sink a little bit. Make it rattle and shake. Loosen the, the... Look at yourself in the mirror and say, no, no, that's not who I am. I'm the seed of Abraham. And what God promised him, he promised me. And what's available to him, I'm an heir according to the promise. The Bible either says it or it doesn't. And I read it to you. I didn't say it. God said it. And Isaiah said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. God will make you rich. What? God will make you rich? Listen, when I say rich, I mean more than enough. More than enough. Ought not this woman be healed? Healing belongs to you. God told the Israelites, whenever you go, I'll make your enemies your footstool. You'll literally just walk over them into where I promised you to go. It was, you know, okay, people might say, well, you know, the Israelites, well, they did spend 40 years wandering around. The New Testament, 
tells us that was because of their disbelief and their disobedience. If you read Deuteronomy 28, it starts at the beginning of that chapter and at the end of the blessings, it says in both places, obey my commandments, follow what I tell you to do, listen to me and heed my words, and then it lists all of the blessings. So, what have, we, what have we learned from this today? Number one, you need to know who you are, that you are Abraham's seed. Number two, you need to change your name. You need to stop calling yourself what the world's labeled you. Stop calling yourself what your, your, your family or whoever's or your past has labeled you and start calling yourself redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm Abraham's seed. I'm blessed. And then number three, obey the word of the Lord. Follow his commandments. Stay in his, in whatever God's outlined, he said he'll make you a blessing. Stop trying to make it yourself and let him make. Let him make you. Let him mold you. Let him work on you. And stay in that because you, man, your future is so bright. I don't care. You woke up this morning thinking, man, I don't, I don't know what, what am I doing with my life? I just told you. God's God's called you to do something. God's got a plan for you. God's got something in store for you. God's got, Jeremiah 29 11 says, I've got plans for you that give you a hope and a future. Your future is bright. You've got things that God's got in store for you that he, he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things I have in store for those who love me. Stand up on your feet. Say this out loud. Say, I am Abraham's seed. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am over and not under. I'm blessed going in, blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Everything I do and everything I touch is blessed. It's blessed. My life is blessed. My kids are blessed. My family is blessed. In Jesus' name, I'm blessed. I will not live in my past. I'm going to live in my future. And my future is bright because I'm Abraham's seed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to make a decision to serve Jesus, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the chance to do that right now. If you're in this room and you say, I I want that relationship with God. I want to know God at that level, and I I don't. I don't right now. I don't know. I don't know God like that. I don't know who he is. I don't know him. Then I want to help you with that. We want to provide everything you need for you to have a relationship with God. And it starts so simple. All you have to do is say a prayer. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Or you may be a type of person that says, you know what? I did know God but I've walked away from it. The first step is is walking back. He says that my door is always open. All you have to do is knock and I'll open it. All you have to do is ask and you'll receive. Salvation is always available to you. All you have to do is just ask God to forgive you and walk back into relationship with him, just like the prodigal son did. I want to give both of those types of people a chance right now to make things right with God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'd like to know who you are so that I can pray with you, I can help you. Just shoot your hand up real quick. 
Nobody's looking around. Nobody's embarrassing you. If that's you today, I see your hands. I see you. You can put your hand back down. Anybody else? If you're online, you can just put saved, the word saved in the comments, and they'll let us know that it's you, and we'll reply with some instructions for you. Lift up your heads and look at me. I want us to say this all together. And I want us to to say this out loud. Again, you have to confess with your mouth. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Say, dear Heavenly Father, today I make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth as a baby, lived as a man, a perfect life, but died on a cross for me. I believe on the third day he rose from the grave. I believe he's alive today and that he's seated in heaven with you. I open my heart. I ask him to come in and make his home in me. I leave my past behind. I repent of my sins and I turn to a life with Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, I'm a new creature. In Jesus' name, I'm made new. In Jesus' name, the old is gone. The old has passed away. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you guys so much. Listen, we have a Wednesday night service at 7 p.m. I encourage you to come and be a part of it. If you have youth or teenagers, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. we have a youth service. Come and be a part of these. If you missed the memo, again, reminding you, we will not have the 6.30 p.m. service at FWC Florence today. We'll, We'll reschedule that for a later time. My wife and I love you so much. We thank you for being a part of the family here. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Dear Lord, bless them. Keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.